Gang, how we doing, Seven Footers gang? It is your girl, Jenna and Gerard here after some major technical difficulties. <laughs> major technical difficulties. It's Gerard, like... when the when the music came on just now, I actually like looked at myself in the camera and was like, oh God, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> it was it was bad, guys. I mean, and you know your girl already does not mess with the technology out here in these streets. So it was all up to Gerard here, but of course he saved the day and got us rolling here. So we need to talk about the latest news going on and the moves going on in the association. People are losing their jobs right before mm. Christmas. <laughs> it's just, it's not nice. I don't agree with it. However, I agree with this decision. No, I'm kidding. Yes, I do agree <laughs> with this decision. Let's talk about the drama in Portland because there's a lot of it, starting with Neil Olshay. He is out. He is fired for violating code of conduct with the team, and that has led to a slew of other issues that are outpouring in Portland and of course trickling down to their season struggles and leading up with their franchise face and Damian Lillard. We'll get to it all, but let's talk about first Neil out in Portland. Was what what was your reaction to this news? You know, I for me, Jenna, I was like, all right, we 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 knew this was probably coming, right? This was it was time for this to happen. And you know, I Neil, <laughs> Neil's not a good dude, right? Like, let's just, let's just call that what it is, right? Like, and I feel like the whole situation with Dame and what's happening there and I, mm -hmm. this was all coming to a head and, and look, let's also not, let's not forget Jody Allen, uh, owner of the Portland Trailblazers. This is a woman who, uh, if you've been reading and following True Hoop like you should be, and our um, our excellent series that Henry Abbott's doing on on the the money that comes into the NBA, Jody Allen's a strange woman. All right, she's someone yeah. who flew to parts of Antarctica, which you're not supposed to go to, and had penguin skulls taken and brought back to her place. She's been noted as having her security wear skimpy outfits and dance around in front of her. Like it's just, I mean, she's just problematic. All right, like um, jeez. It's yeah, it's it, it it's all bad. Um, uh, I it, it, so there's there, there's that. Then there's the hiring Chauncey Billups, and he has his whole history of sexual assault. What I mean, it's just right. it's just icky, you know. It is. It's not a good situation there in Portland. And it's trickling down, um, like I mentioned before. And an interesting story by The Athletic that came out this week saying that multiple sources are saying that Dame wants to play with Ben Simmons, who we know famously has a saga of his own in Philadelphia. He's requested a trade. He hasn't been playing and has not played this season because he says he's not yet mentally ready to play in Philadelphia so, again, we know that he wants out. He had a standoff with the team. So that tidbit right there is interesting because this isn't the first time these guys have been in trade talks together since uh, Simmons wanted out of Philadelphia. But, yeah, that 
entire report by The Athletic is really interesting because it talks about how Dame is becoming frustrated with the team's play and their struggles this season and how there are mounting tensions with Chauncey Billups, first-year head mm-hmm, coach, mm-hmm. as you just mentioned. So this is not good. Not good of a first-year head coach, not good of the turmoil that's going on in Portland outside of the game of basketball, and now this. We all know what happened in the summer when Dame voice that he wanted big moves in free agency Portland didn't do that and then he wants his tight he wants a title and Portland is not making as much accurate moves to make that happen and do you think he's good as gone when he can either uh request before the trade deadline in February or uh when he can sign that extension in the next July it's tough to figure out what, because look, Dame doesn't want to be the bad guy, right? Like that's the biggest thing. And we've talked about that. Um, but when you want to have that super large contract and do all that stuff, you're, it's not about a bad guy, but you're going to have to flex your, your leverage and your power and use it. But Dame wants to be seen as a good guy. He wants everyone in Portland to love him and do all that. But it's like, bro, like that, whatever like you know what i mean like that you 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 got to get over that like because this is this is what it's like this is nba ball my guy right like you if you really want to do this thing you have got to be you know willing to make yourself look bad like all all those things and it's it's unfortunate and ultimately jenna like we've talked about this the the the, the, the team in Portland, um, they're not they're not good enough to win a championship right now, right? We've discussed that. Like it's the roster is not competent. Um, Dame and CJ are really it. And other than that, I'm like, you know, it's not really enough to win. And CJ now is having issues in terms of like, you know, where do I stand? What's going on? You know, it's just there's a lot happening right now. And if you're a Portland Trailblazers fan, you can't be happy about just the direction now look neil's out of there so maybe they'll find somebody better but this is it's like anything else jenna like this isn't a oh we get rid of neil everything everything will be fine this is a problem that starts at the top this is a jody allen problem this is a problem with ownership right like and if there's no clear mission or vision and also rumors by the way that jody allen wants to get the trailblazers in a spot where she can sell the team that's but that's you know that's yeah so i mean look there's a lot to unpack here. And it's something where, again, you're band-aiding it, right? Like a new GM may work for a little bit. Is it enough? I don't know, right? And now with Dame's status un- uncertain, you're going to be able to recruit any free agents to come up there? Probably not. I mean, it's just, there's a lot of things. And again, I want to be clear about the little Shea stuff, like uh, toxic work- workplace culture, um, you know, and, if you think this is only happening in Phoenix and in Portland, because, you know, Robert Sarver is why I mentioned Phoenix. It's probably not, dudes. Like, it's probably indicative of it's happening, not in every team around the league, but more than these two, right? And so the question is, can we make this league and this, organ- and this organization better? One of the things that Coach Thorpe on Troop says all the time is, it's not hard to be decent, right? Like, it isn't. Like, if we can just in- introduce some decency into our interactions every day, things might be a lot better. Uh, but yeah, it, things are not great in Portland right now. What does this mean for Dame and where he ends up? Uh, well, right now he's got the abdominal injury. So, I mean, 
who knows when he's going to step on the court again. Uh, he's at least another four or five days away from from uh, potentially being back. So it's it's not a good spot right now for, for Portland. No, they're not in a good spot whatsoever. Dame's dealing with injury. And then in that uh, athletic report, uh, CJ McCollum was mentioned and they reported that uh, Olshay was talking about some sort of trade happening and with uh, McCollum in that aspect and then, of course, got fired. So it's interesting to see who's going to take over these decisions in the interim and who they're going to um, replace Olshay with because it's not looking good in Portland. And apparently also in that report, uh, Billups ripped into his players after a loss to the Celtics who yeah. I don't mean, have it together as much either. They're, so. they're, they're playing without um, any sort of passion and effort and intensity right now. Um, and look, I don't want to put that on Chauncey. Like it's his fault, right? Like it's just, there's a lot going on. And again, given what is happening within that organization, was a first-year coach like Chauncey Phillips with the – and again, his past sexual assault allegation, I'm not saying has anything to do with how he's coaching right now, but all that being said, with now the Neil O'Shea situation, was he the right person to bring along? Uh, I'm saying probably not. A lot of people question that hire, and I didn't see many people advocating for it or even applauding it when it did happen, I will say as mm -hmm. opposed to other things that you see around the league. So interesting in Portland. Uh, but yeah, keep in mind those dates. Uh, I think it's February 10th is that trade deadline right there. So Dame could request a trade before then. And then he's eligible to sign a max extension in July. Mm -hmm. So that's if we make it there. One day at a time. <laughs> one day at a time. time. <laughs> that is it. That is it. That was one of my proudest, proudest moments on air. I and like it. Probably didn't even catch it because of our technical difficulties. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see in the final cut. But let's move on and keep these smiles on our faces if you're a Bay fan because we got to talk about Steph Curry. He is already surpassing so many different records and iconic players in history and now he's just 16 three-pointers away from breaking Ray Allen's career three-point record and he says of breaking it anything is possible of course it is you're Steph Curry we know we know <laughs> so let's just bask in this greatness really quick because I mean this is incredible to be in this company number one and to keep doing this he's doing this a lot and it's before Christmas how many accolades have we seen him uh, reach already, Gerard, in the couple weeks that we've been seeing in the beginning of the season here. I mean, he's I mean, he's, he's, listen, the, the, the man is ridiculous. He is putting together, Jenna, a top 10 all time career achievement resume. If he is able to win the MVP this, this season and forget about if they win the title, he will join an exclusive group of people that have at least three MVPs and three NBA championships. Jenna, that list is very small. You want to know who's on that list? Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Your, your guy. Exactly. Michael Jordan. Mm -hmm. um, LeBron James. Magic Johnson. Larry Bird. Ooh. And, and Bill Russell. That's it. Oh, what a team. Ain't nobody else on that list. That's it. What um, a team, what a time. Tim Duncan has two MVPs and five championships. So he's, you know, he falls one, one single MVP short, but like th this is, and so this is where, this is where we're at. Like this is the rarefied air he's in. 
Now, does he become one of the 10 greatest players of all time, as in 10 best we've ever seen? That's a different argument, right? And I always talk about that. Career accomplishments are different than is he one of the 10 best basketball players you've ever seen in your entire lifetime, right? Like, and depending on when you were born, maybe that's true, maybe not, whatever. And that's a different argument. But in terms of resumes and accomplishments, oh yeah, uh, that's a top 10 resume if he's able to do that. And look, Jenna, he may put the the three-point record somewhere close to 4,000 made threes, which, (laughs) I mean... (laughs) I'm annoyed. I'm already annoyed. I'm just annoyed. what are you, what are you, what are you going to do? It's, that's right. Like you're all right, cool. <laughs> like good luck trying to, trying to pass that. And he's, he, he's incredible. And you know, he, he mentioned, he knew what the record was, right? 15 to tie 16 to break, but it's yeah. also about passing Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson currently holds the single game record for most threes made at 14. And as Steph said, you know, if you've seen me these past couple of games and years, I'm not afraid of shooting, which of course we know he's not. This man will okay. pull up, I mean, he shows up to the parking lot by pulling up from there, right? Like, he's just, he's on the minute he, like, gets anywhere near the arena. So, I wouldn't be surprised if he, you know, lights this up uh, Wednesday night against the Blazers. And if not then, he has a Saturday night prime time on ABC game against the Philadelphia 76ers. And who? His little brother, Seth Curry. So, I mean, look, between the Wednesday's game against Portland and Saturday's game at Philly, the record will fall somewhere around then. I, I right. I love it. And I love the way Steve Kerr talks about Steph. Um, he said, I saw a quote from him and he was like, uh, I'm fully aware he's 15 away. I'm guessing he's going to be shooting a lot against Portland <laughs> on Wednesday. Like, just like laughing, nothing about it. Just so funny, making jokes. Like, he knows how great he is and he knows it. He's seen it. He believes it. So this is kind of old to him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is that. like, Yeah. And when we see glimpses of it during primetime games or great moments, we then are like, wow, like this is insane. And speaking of primetime games really quick, mm-hmm. um, help me out because I, I this is off the top of my head, but the Lakers got booted from a primetime slot They did for mm-hmm, mm-hmm, the Warriors. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and I remember, mm-hmm. I'm going to say, I'm going to tell myself out, I know I made some type of primetime joke when they went down like like the hole and they sucked for a while. Yeah. Well, I'm eating those words now because the Lakers, <laughs> my Lakers got booted. Oh, don't worry. We'll, for us. We'll, we'll, we'll get center to, got removed. Well, well, oh, yeah, it's now the crypto arena. Who's anybody going to call it the crypto arena, by the way, or crypto.com arena. It's still the stable center. Like this is whatever. how woke were we are now. <laughs> the arena's got the crypto shit. Somebody teach me. Crypto.com. The DMs are open. Like, I don't know. Listen, I mean, Jenna, you're, you're too young, but I'm old enough to remember the Great Western Forum. All right. That's how I remember the Los Angeles Lakers playing out in Inglewood. So, I mean, Staples oh, is even too new for me. You know what I'm saying? But whatever. It's all good. <laughs> oh, my God. You crack me up. Man. All right. Really quick before we um, switch gears here. The Warriors, they're 20 and four right now. Number one mm. in the West. I mean, mm. let's talk about the streak for a second, because how long is this thing going to last? I mean, if this thing lasts until Christmas, my favorite holiday, when Clay Thompson <laughs> is supposed to come back and they keep this going, I'm going to have real big issues. Well, get ready That's to have issues, say. Jenna. Get ready. because That's all I'm gonna say. Get ready, because Golden State and Phoenix are <sighs> going to kind of run away with the top of the West right now. Listen, the teams below them, and I'll give Utah as the one team that's like still within the within the realm with them. But after them, those three teams, I mean, it's slim pickings. 
look, you know, I love my Grizzly Cubs, but come on. They're the 26th defense in the league adjusted to net rating right now. Like, uh, okay. Like, and I love them. You know that. Um, but, <laughs> uh, okay. but, 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 but no John Morant right now. Um, although Triple J doing his thing. Um, oh, yeah. You know, we, the Clippers are down Kawhi. The Denver Nuggets are a mash unit. Um, we, we discussed the disaster that is the Portland Trailblazers. The Mavericks are, meh, I don't know what they, right? I mean, so listen, th- those two teams are going to run away with this right now. So get ready. The West is too terrifying for me. You know I've always loved the East. Damn it. But, the West, I mean, but really, besides those top two teams and maybe Utah, the rest of the West is slim picking. So even, your, Lake, even your Lakers, I mean, psh, I don't predict this, but if they somehow right this ship and go on like a six, seven game winning streak, guess what? They're going to be right back in the top four, top three. So third, not they're not going to be two or one. But, you know, so anything's possible. Yeah, okay, Steph Curry over there, anything's <laughs> possible. Whatever, whatever. I'm not a sore loser, I promise, okay? Yeah, right, we know you are, it's okay. <laughs> mm, let's talk about another team that's down in the dumps. Actually, I'm the only one that's down in the dumps. Let's talk about the Pacers, because it, shocking news really quick uh, to start the week here. The Pacers are looking uh, to rebuild, according to Sham Sharania of The Athletic. And trade talk centered around Karis LeVert and either DeMontis Sabonis or Miles Turner. I know you're a fan of Sabonis over there, mm-hmm. Gerard. Mm-hmm. And, like, LeVert and Turner aren't bad names either to help out teams. So, interesting yeah. to see the, if these three are on the market. Who well, could so use them? Well, so it's funny, Jenna. You know, Nate McMillan got fired from the Indiana Pacers and everybody was like, oh, you know, we need somebody else to get this team in a better direction. All right. You had Nate Bjorkman last year. How'd that go? Not great. <laughs> right? The, the team basically had a mutiny and we're like, we're not playing for this dude. Now, to be fair, TJ Warren, who was their best player in the bubble and that, uh, you know, he he's out. But, yo, you still got Brogdon, Levert, Sabonis, Turner, and now the great Rick Carlisle is there. And while they have a positive adjusted net rating, they are currently outside of the playoff race, right? Not even in the play-in. Listen, uh, they need to have an identity there. And we're not sure what it is. Um, so it's going to be move- moving either Sabonis or Turner because we want to keep keep one of them. Um, you know, the funny thing is Sabonis, I'm sorry, Turner will have the higher trade value, I feel like, because most GMs are dumb and they're going to pick like, oh, that's the name. But if you look at actual impact on winning, Sabonis is actually the better player, right? In terms of rebounding, uh, his offensive impact, defensive impact. Now, because Turner doesn't rebound enough for his size. Here's your challenge, though. In today's NBA, where good teams like the Warriors go super small, you need a four or a five who can stay on the floor and switch. Turner is a little bit more mobile, right? And can switch out a little bit better than Sabonis can. Sabonis is a little slower of foot, right? Not nearly the athlete that Miles Turner is. So that's sort of your 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 challenge there. Listen, you know I'm a big Karis Levert fan. Covered him for years when he's here in Brooklyn. Um, you know the injury bug has really been a problem for him, and he's just hasn't been able to put together you know two three healthy seasons in a row. I mean, it's just hasn't been able to do it. But he's still got value. I wonder. If you are the Brooklyn Nets, DeMontis Sabonis would look very good in the Nets uniform. Now, what do you have to give that the Pacers would possibly want? Yeah, I mean, your draft picks are pretty much spoken for because you got rid of all them in the Harden trade, right? So all you really have to give in terms of young talent are Claxton, Nicholas Claxton, 
Dayron Sharp, Cam Thomas, who you picked up this year, right? Uh, and to make the salary match to get Levert and and Sabonis, do you move Kyrie Irving? That works, right? From a salary standpoint, that passes the test. The question is, if you are Indiana, why do I want Kyrie Irving here? By the way, Kyrie Irving, who can be a free agent at the end of this year, right? So uh, no chance he's resigning. He might walk away and retire. But if he does, that's expiring money. So what do you care, right, if you're Indiana? And then, again, you get back Claxton. You get back Cam Thomas. You get back De'Aaron Sharp. Maybe that's enough. I don't know. Oof. Throwing out that Kyrie trade over there. I mean, hey, it's looking uh, bleaker and bleaker for his future in Brooklyn. And, and potentially a 2020, I don't know, five or six. I have to see. I don't remember how far out the Nets went on those on those trades to get to get Harden. But, you know, because you figure by 2027, 2028, this team's probably not going to be very good, right? Um, so there'll be a bad team. Is that draft pick spoken for? If not, I'd probably add that to the list. So that's something to consider. But that's just that's one scenario. Again, Miles Turner would look great in Golden State. Um, what would they have to give up? Wiseman for sure, right? They have to Ooh. give up Kaminga. They, they like Kaminga. Do they want to give Ooh. up both Wiseman and right? I know that's that's because Indiana, if they're truly rebuilding, right? This is what they're going to want. They're going to want lots of young, cheap contracts that are under their control. <laughs> that's yes. No. Hey, that that's the way uh, the NBA ball rolls. But uh, interesting, Sabonis Turner. And Levert, all in their 20s, all, you know, again, not bad names to be thrown into the mix to help out teams. Say a guy goes down, say anything that you need that one little piece. Again, Levert riddled by injury back to back recently, but hey, you never know. Um, And interestingly enough, this all comes out as uh, after Adrian Wojnarowski reported that TJ McConnell is done for the season after surgery Mm -hmm. on the right hand for torn ligaments. So, Again, yeah, Indiana's looking for that rebuild. And, hey, Carlisle's going to come at the right time to reunite with the organization. What was he there for, 14 years? Yeah, back in the day, yeah. Before yeah, he yeah. went to Dallas, yeah, right? Yeah, back, yeah. yeah he, he, was a, he was an assistant on, on Bird staff and then took over, yeah. Yeah, so, again, uh, let's check back with them in five years. Hee um, <laughs> <laughs> hee, kidding. Um, let's move on to uh, the purple and gold, my Lakers. Mm. LeBron James and the Lakers suffered a loss on Friday. And after that loss, a couple days off, they practice on Monday. Who they played, Gerard? Who was this loss to? The Clippers. Yes, mm-hmm. the Clippers. Bad they lost LaBella. to Ty Lu and the Clippers. Yeah. So on Monday after practice, uh, Vogel and LeBron James were asked about criticism, specifically at Vogel, for his coaching style and things just because the Lakers have a lackluster start to the season and they are riddled with injury and can't seem to really get afloat here, even though they have a hall of fame roster in 10 billion additions that they added this season in free agency and probably are in the luxury tax forever, but that's a conversation for another time. So yes, they addressed the, complete ailments going on in uh, LA there. And Vogel said, you know, it comes with the territory. This is nothing I haven't seen before. Yada, 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 played it cool. LeBron James did the same and said, you know, we're not really listening to critics out there. And, you know, everything that we do stays in house and this and that. But the athletic pointed out that LeBron James didn't do as much or seemingly do as much to kind of 
cushion the blow of pressure and blame on Vogel's shoulders as the Lakers go through these lulls. And you think people point that out because being a coach of LeBron James comes with a spotlight and eyeballs on you at all times. So what are your thoughts about what they had to say about their struggles lately? I mean, look, uh, here's the thing. The Lakers roster, LeBron James signed off on that, right? Like he signed off on Melo, on Russ, Malik Monk, all these DeAndre Jordan, all these dudes that are there. LeBron signed off on that. So how he mad at Frank Vogel? He Frank Vogel didn't pick that roster. You did, my guy. Like, and he took were, he took responsibility for the roster. He said they need to play better. They do. But yeah. here's the thing. The question is, can they play better? Right? Like, can they play better? Yeah, they need to, but can they? I don't know if they can or not, right? Like, look, LeBron LeBron signed hitched his wagon to Anthony Davis because he figured Davis is the guy to hitch my wagon to and to prolong my prime. Mm-hmm. You know, man, outside of that run in the bubble, Anthony Davis hasn't really lived up to the billing we thought, right? I mean, in that in a recent game against the Bucks a couple weeks back, you know, man, Giannis ate that dude's lunch. Like, and again, I know it's Giannis, but still, you Anthony Davis, right? This is someone who people thought could be a DPOI, an MVP, like, and listen, I always say this, but what does Chuck call him? Street clothes, right? I mean, and you know, like, my guy, like, you're... For your size and your skill set, you should be dominating and doing a lot better. And he is not doing that right now. We know what Russell Westbrook is. Um, it's, it's the gift and the curse, right? Like his greatest strength is also his greatest weakness. And in the playoffs, when you need to uh, lock in and be able to continually hit mid-range shots and not turn the ball over, uh, Russ can't really do that, right? And now we're depending on Taylor Horton Tucker and you know, Malik Monk and these guys who, all right, like maybe, and Melo, as much as he's doing, and shout out to uh, Christian Joseph, who said, AD is a beta. Wow. I mean, he ain't exactly wrong. <laughs> um, right. I mean, he's just, he's not playing like an, a, an alpha and a max, right. A super max guy, <laughs> which listen, do, t- correct me if I'm wrong. Everyone in the world, that's what they think of Anthony Davis, right? He's that dude. Well, I mean, you ain't doing that right now, my guy. So that's a problem. And again, LeBron is 37. This is advanced age. You can't expect him to play 36 minutes a night and not to do all that all regular season and then come playoff time, crank it up another notch. No, this ain't 25-year-old LeBron. No, my friends. So listen, the Lakers, yeah, if you look at their resumes and like everybody on the roster, you would say for sure, these guys, yeah, they got it. They can, they can do the thing. But... Listen, resumes are nice, nice halves. Can you do it right now? And you know who they miss right now? Who's lighting it up in Chicago? They miss them some Alice Caruso. I mean, Alice Caruso might be a DPOY candidate for crying out loud. That's how good he's playing. And the Lakers could have matched it, but they were like, nah, we're good. Okay. (laughs) I love that. Good luck with that. All the applause for Caruso. Honestly, from a non-biased standpoint, because you all know how I feel about this, <laughs> this uh, Lakers team, they might be selling more jerseys than tickets when it comes to playoffs, or if they even make it. So they need to get it together, because right now, 
what are they, the seven, eight seed? They'd be in the playing tournament if mm-hmm. the playoffs were today. Uh, so we're still trying to get our footing here. Not to mention what? Kendrick Nunn hasn't played yet, neither has Trevor nope. Reza to injury. So nope. th- this is just, what and is none, going on? And Nunn and Ariza are two players they counted on, right? These were people right. to be integral. Well, they, it's, we're 25 games in now. They haven't even suited up yet. Look, man, it's getting late early in Los Angeles. All right. <laughs> shout out, shout out to Yogi Berra. <laughs> oh, you're full of the jokes today, Gerard. I love it. I love it. Yogi, Yogi's my guy. He's, he's, I mean, the, the Yogiisms are just, they're fantastic. <laughs> Incredible. You're fantastic. <laughs> Lakers in four. I, I, I see the ain't hard to tell dropped a little, a little note in there, which is like more LeBron James propaganda. Lakers in four. In four, what? <laughs> <laughs> gonna be going oh, home. Gonna I, be going home in four months. Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. I just saw them. Yo. Okay. All right. It's about to get nasty up in here. Ain't hard to tell our friends. I love you guys. Always on my side, of course. Don't be coming out here with that slander, Gerard. Listen. I mean, Jenna. Like, honestly, do you it, it, take away your like LeBron love? Do okay. you honestly think this team can beat? Phoenix or Golden State in seven game in a seven game series. No, what you've seen, what, what you've seen so far. All right, that's all I'm asking. What you've seen so far. No, no, exactly my point. <laughs> Done with you and your laugh, damn it. <laughs> Lakers, that's right. Way <laughs> Listen, Lakers gonna be finding themselves at home, chilling, enjoying that LA uh, that LA weather come playoffs. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Keep it up. Keep it up over there, Gerard. Keep it up. Because, you know, when they invited me to L.A. to celebrate at the championship parade. Uh, Celebrate what? Uh, Getting the lottery? What do you mean? What are they celebrating? Yo, you got me today. I freaking can't. Thank God I got this this uh, oil on my temples because I'm stressed. I'm stressed out over here. That's it. Yeah, it oh, try it, good. guys. It as long looking, as it doesn't look, make your girl's hair greasy. Listen, I... LeBron could go meet Ponce de Leon and find the fountain of youth and all of a sudden, you know what I'm saying? Like, turn back the clock, maybe, maybe uh, it ain't looking good, okay? And again, if that is the, if they have to depend on 30-something-year-old LeBron James to be MVP level, then they weren't going to win anyway. That's what you have Anthony Davis for. That's why he's there, right? He's supposed to be doing this, but he ain't. And Russ and, you know, all that. <laughs> the king. <laughs> Listen, when the king, that 33-year-old man who's actually 34, I think, maybe 35, <laughs> I'm not sure. He, when, he he, when he comes back and drags this this questionable team. 30, 36 will be 37 at the end of the month. Yeah. To the finals. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all will see where it's at. Listen, Y'all will see. I, 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 I think that I think it's time for the king to uh, abdicate that throne, my friends. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Whatever. <laughs> Let's talk about more controversial things, shall we? <laughs> Let's move on to a new memo passed around the NBA today, saying that according to new Canadian laws. All visitors entering Canada must be fully vaccinated. So NBA informed their teams today, this is Tuesday, December 7th, that we're recording this, that unvaccinated players will no longer be allowed to travel to Toronto to play games beginning January 15th. January 15th. 
That is little over a month away. So basically, if you want to play the Raptors, you got to get the jab twice. And if you don't, then I don't know what to tell you. We're going to find out, right? Which players are fully fully well, vaxxed and who's, exactly. who's faking and that that's funk. When, faking that funk. Yo, <laughs> listen, not that I ever doubted my king, but when he was put in <laughs> <the> protocol... <laughs> LeBron, please don't, please don't hurt me like this, please. And Woo. it all turned out well. My king is vaccinated. Oh, he was cleared. Lord. And it was hell- handled so poorly, he said. Oh, I felt bad please. for him. Oh, please. Man, listen, nobody feeling no bad for LeBron he James was out here. Stop, he was upset. He was upset. Listen, he could, he could stay upset, all right? Listen, here's the thing. <laughs> uh, so, we're, again, we're going to find out who is who's legit, right? Who's actually yeah. vaxxed and who's on that half vax and not fully. And we'll find out who, t- who shows up on that report. And again, this is something I said at the beginning of the season. As you know, every NBA season, something, some kind of negative impact is going to happen to your ball club. That's just the nature of basketball, right? Whether it be injury, whether, whatever it is, something's going to happen. Why are you allowing something that you have control of to get in the way? You have control over whether or not your team is fully, or your, you as an individual are fully vaccinated. Like, why y'all bullshitting right now? Get the jab, be fully vaxxed. Those of you can't get boosted. By the way, because we're seeing little mini outbreaks. The Chicago Bulls right now. Hottest team in the East playing well. Oh, DeRozan, now going to be in health and safety protocol for 10 days. Right? Like, you're there, Kobe White in there. I mean, listen, these things are happening. Utah, Austin Rivers, P.J. Dozier. I mean, it's just, there's a lot, man. It's just, it's just crazy. I see Christian Joseph in here. Brilliant strategy move by Canada. It is. Let's just make sure we find out who's vaxxed and who isn't. Let's get them all out of here, right? And so... Hey, if you're going to forfeit a game because you're not, I mean, that's just dumb, man. And again, when we add it all up at the end and some of you teams that are on that cusp and on that bubble, damn, if we were fully vaxxed, we probably would have won that game. Now we got to play the play-in tournament or whatever have you. So, you know, it's uh, again, in a long NBA season, things are going to come up. Why allow something that you have control over to be the problem that derails your squad? And I have the same thoughts when it comes to Kyrie Irving in that situation as well. Again, we have exhausted the topic at this point, but it really is something you have control over. And especially with the way the Nets were assembled, I just really, it just, I don't know. I have the same thoughts when it comes to that situation. That's all I will say. But let's talk about more exciting things and get back to the game here itself. Top five, as Drake said, top Mm. five, top five, top five. (laughs) Love that song. Let's talk about upcoming games that we're looking forward to seeing, whether it's this week, a little bit next week, but let's keep it in the soon-to-be-happening realm All right, so you, we, a lot we, of we, matchups. We, we, we do in our top fives first, though, right? Like, who are our top five teams in the league? Then we'll do the game we're looking forward to. <gasps> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm getting All excited. Right. I know. I see that. Uh, so you want you want to go back and forth? I'll name my five. You name your five, four, four, three, or you go first. You name your five. I'll name my five, four, four, three, three, two, two, one, one. All right. So for you, five. your top five teams, your number five team in the league, who was fifth for Jenna Lemoncelli? Oh my God. Okay. Um, wait, let me make sure I have them all ready. Hold on. You like Jeopardy music back here. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Number okay. five. Who you, who 
who, who's your number five team? I had to put them in order in my head. The Chicago Bulls. Oh, okay. I like it. I, Chicago no, Bulls. No explanation needed. I mean, they're they're fantastic. They just they beat the Nets again for the second time this season, doing their jams. So you know, <laughs> Jenna goes with Lakers. Lakers, Lakers. <laughs> our, our buddy Dexter Henry's producing for us, and he says Jenna's going with Lakers all over her top five teams, which she probably would. If <laughs> I could, and the uh, yeah. rules didn't prohibit that, yes, we, I would. We know you would. Uh, number five for me, the Brooklyn Nets. They are fifth in adjusted net rating. 16 and seven. Look, we know they're not beating really good teams, but they're beating up on everybody else. So I'll give them a number five squad uh, spot to the Brooklyn Nets. Who's your number four, Jenna? Number four, I am going with the Utah Jazz. Mm -hmm. The Utah Jazz have impressed me so much because of the spurts that I'm seeing Donovan Mitchell have and the way he is leading this team. I mean, right now they're what? Third in the West, 16 mm -hmm, and seven. Mm -hmm, they're mm -hmm. right behind those tied Warriors sons. So mm -hmm. they can creep up real fast. And they're a team that you really don't want to play, especially during the regular season. I say that because we always know what happens <laughs> in the postseason with them. But hey, right now, let your girl enjoy it. And they are my number four. All right. My number four is Chicago Bulls, um, you know for all the reasons, right? Like they're, they're an excellent squad. They, you know, they're just, they're, they're doing their thing. So Chicago Bulls, number four, um, number, they're also number four, adjusted net rating at 4.217 and eight, um, doing, doing big things. All right. Who's your number three? My number three is the Brooklyn Nets for all the mm. reasons you said. I mean, number one in the East without Kyrie Irving, I'll give it to them. I'll give it to them just because we talked about how stacked this East was and the fact that you don't have a game changer like Kyrie Irving at the point while you have Harden struggling. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so hey, basically what you're, what you're saying, Janet, you. so what you're saying is Kevin Durant's the man is really what you're actually saying. Yeah. That's, that's a, okay, cool. Just want to make sure you're okay. Want to make sure you were clear. Do on you that, like huh? how I found out how to strategically go around it so I don't have to say it? Because there's only one person left doing the work. So let me just talk about all the bad oh, people. The, the, number three for me, Utah Jazz. Uh, again, I mean, they're no, actually number two in adjusted net rating. They're the number one offense in the league right now. Uh, number thirteen defense is slightly concerning, but you know they're still beating. They're still beating the hell out of the team they're supposed to beat the hell out of. So Utah Jazz at three. All right, who you got? Number two. Number two, I have the Suns. Mm -hmm, I mean, mm -hmm. no surprise here. Again, tied with the Warriors, number mm -hmm. one in the West. Mm -hmm. And I love what I'm seeing out of Devin Booker. It seems as though he has so many more steps we're going to watch him take this season, for especially sure, under sure. Chris Paul. And the way Chris Paul... I have not seen any type of worry, decline, anything of playmaking ability, anything. It's actually, it really is crazy to me. It is out of control because as much as people want to make fun of Chris Paul in certain ways and say he's wash up, all this and that, this isn't old, honey. This isn't old. And that is what is helping. I, I signaled my brain for y'all not watching this. I'm like, it should be. Um, but again, his sharp skills, um, you know, to really make, the ability to make players good by mm -hmm. word of yeah, mouth make players better. is yeah, yeah. out of control for me. He's wonderful. Look, uh, the Suns are my number two team as well. And I actually kind of have it as one and one A because they're, look, right. to me, they're they're pretty close. Yes, the, the, the Warriors' Justin Net rating is much higher. Um, they've also had a much softer schedule. Um, yeah. And they've split their two games so far, one and one. Um, the second game was the second half of a back-to-back -back for Phoenix, just to be clear. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to put my sons at two. And so we obviously have the Warriors both at one, uh, 20 and four. And look, 
again, the Warriors and Suns at 20 and four have built a nice lead in the Western Conference. Mm-hmm. Them teams at four through eight ain't catching them. They're just not. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, one, they're not good enough, right? And they're just not going to. And that's the advantage of building that kind of lead out early, right? So those two will battle for the number one seed and ultimately who gets the home home court advantage in a potential Western Conference uh, finals matchup, which I think we all would agree. We'd love to see Suns Warriors in a seven game series. Uh, Cause I think that'll be exciting, but yeah, those are our top fives. Gotta love it. All right. Let's talk about real quick, what we are thinking about this week. Uh, matchup mm-hmm, wise, mm-hmm, what mm-hmm. games we're excited about, what we're intrigued by, what, Whatever you think, Gerard, tell me. What are you excited mm-hmm. to see this week? Uh, there are a couple of games I'm looking at this week. I mentioned it earlier, the Saturday ABC primetime game between mm-hmm. uh, the Warriors and Sixers. The Sixers are starting to turn things around a little bit. Seth Curry may be going for the record there. So him versus his brother, that's always a good thing to see. And, you know, the Atlanta Hawks are turning things around as well. I'd love to see Brooklyn and Atlanta play Friday. Um, I'm very curious to see how that game goes. That's in Atlanta um so yeah I'm, I'm i'm very curious to see that that matchup and 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 what that will be like um atlanta gave brooklyn trouble uh last year and atlanta you know this is they got some injuries they're dealing with so that's something i'm going to be looking those two games i'm looking forward to this week okay i'm looking forward to where am i at here um tomorrow uh bucks heat mm. two of my favorites in the east i can't wait to see them go head to head uh, it was just Giannis's birthday. Of course, he balled mm-hmm. out. And the Heat just continue to be a surprising team. And I like to watch them. They're yeah. exciting. And they're, hey, they're fighting this season. They dealing are. With, dealing with some injury, right? Bam's going to be out for four to six weeks with the surgery. So that's, that's going to be a little rough for them. And it's, you know, the question is, can the Heat kind of tread water and, and maintain? Or do they start sliding? Because, you know, we're really looking at those top three seeds, right? And right now it's looking like, is it going to hold up and end up being, you know, Brooklyn, Chicago, and Milwaukee, right? Are those the top three teams in the Eastern Conference? I mean, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, again, Miami was, was up there, but I think, uh, you know, with the loss of, of, of Bam, that's going to hurt them. But is, it, is, is Brooklyn, Chicago, and Milwaukee, are those really your, your top three teams in the East? And they're going to jockey for whom has the number one overall seed. And again, for those three teams, you want to be in the top three because once you get into four, home court advantage starts getting dicey yeah. for you, right? So, meaning you don't have one, right? You have it in one round. So, you really want to lock in there and make sure you're you finish in that top three. Mm-hmm. And uh, Thursday too, Jazz Sixers. That should be a good one. Should be a good one. Again, Sixers are starting to get healthy at the right time. Uh, they still have a Ben Simmons situation, we know, but you know, so far so good. So curious about what's going to happen there. Oh, Ben. I like, just wonder what he's doing. Like, what does he do now? <laughs> what, like, what are, what are you doing all day? Yeah, it's Does good he question. work out? Like, Well, he, he does work out. He, he, he does work out, and he is, you know, seeing uh, the, the, the mental health professional uh, associated with the MBPA, but that's really all we know right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we shall see. But to close out this episode... <laughs> That was my Pat McAfee voice. Um, <laughs> I've been watching too much. <laughs> yeah, you, 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 listen, you, you got to stop watching that crap, man. Pat McAfee, you got to chill with that. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but in the return of America's favorite segment, what's up with? And if you're mm-hmm. new to this podcast, we say what is up with our a player, a team, a situation around the league that 
honestly, it could be open-ended. This could be a really good thing or a really bad thing where Gerard comes down with a slew of insults that we'll write down and keep using for years to come. <laughs> Gerard? Yes. So what's up with, and this is a, yo, what's up with the Memphis Grizzlies and my guy, Jaron Jackson Jr.? Grizzlies have won five games in a row. Yo, listen, man. They, listen, this is all about John Morant. The Grizzlies haven't trailed in 20 straight quarters. They've outscored opponents by 129 points in the last five games. Now, of course, a big part of that was waxing the Oklahoma City Thunder by 73. Be that, be that, be that as it may, this may be an actual good thing for the Grizzlies. And here's what I mean. Teams oftentimes get themselves into trouble when a high draft pick like a John Morant all of a sudden starts elevating his play and evolves. And it's like, Ooh, all-star this, that all these crazy things, right? The offense tends to become very single-minded and one player centric, right? And heliocentric. Now we've seen heliocentric often offenses work. See the Dallas Mavericks with Luka Doncic, see the Houston Rockets all those years with, with James Harden. But those types of offenses have a limit, right? There's only so much you can do. Let us not forget that Jaron Jackson Jr. was picked very high in the draft prior, right? This guy's got talent and skills, man. And we're seeing it. He's shooting about 50, 40, 90 over the last month. He's really stepping up his game. And Jenna, the big thing is, and I said this, his foul rate has gone down dramatically. Part of the problem with him was he could never stay on the floor because he would literally seem like he started the game with two fouls, right? Before you know it, you're like, we're like in the first five minutes in, you already got two fouls. How is that happening? On the defensive end, the game is starting to slow down for him and he's not biting on pump fakes wildly and doing those different kinds of things. The Grizzlies right now, again, as I said, they've won five straight games. They are 14 and 10. They are in the fourth spot, right? They are only two and a half games behind the Utah Jazz who are 16 and seven now. Do I think they can hold on to the four spot this year? Maybe it's going to be tough without Ja, but having the development of guys like Desmond Bain, and of course I mentioned Jaron Jackson Jr. When Ja Morant does come back, then the Grizzlies can see, hey, we don't have to be a one-man band here, right? You can still do your thing, and we can let Triple J cook and do his thing because then we can be something serious. Because I've always said the two of them are the cornerstones of what I think could be a future 50-win team, right? And if Ja and Jaron are future all-stars, which we think Ja Moran is, that's what you need, right? You have two future all-stars on your team. That's a 50-win team. That's going to the playoffs every year. Oh, that's what we think this team can be. So I'm I'm happy about what the Grizzlies are doing. You love your Grizzlies. I, do, I love I the do. dedication to I it, do, Gerard. I do. Watch a lot of Memphis Grizzlies games over here. <laughs> League pass team for Gerard right yeah, there. For sure. <laughs> Don't sleep. Okay, my what's up with it is what is up with Kemba Walker and the Knicks? Mm, I yeah. say this because Kemba Walker finally addressed the media after he was pulled out of the rotation and benched by Tibbs, and Alec Burks took his uh, starting spot in the lineup at point guard. He just signed that two-year deal for $18 million. Everybody basically had a parade. He's home. He's in the Bronx. Rah, rah, rah. Well, that was short-lived. Mm. So he comes out and says something along the lines of, you know, I had no choice. I respect the decision. It's something I have to live with. Okay. Mm. Well, what about what's your future? 
Mm-hmm. What's up? Mm-hmm. What is your future in New York? Um, and he mentioned too to reporters in that press conference addressing it that he, yes, ain't hard to tell podcast free Kemba. <laughs> um, he mentioned in that press conference that this is the first time it's happened in his career. So this is a slew of new emotions and a new situation for him and happening on a stage that is the Madison Square Garden stage is a lot to handle. Look, I mean, we everyone look, we we support us with Kemba. We love what he's done and what he's doing. The reality is though, like, look, this team isn't very good, right? Like when he's on the floor. Defensively, they're getting skewered. And that's a problem. And the thing is, his offense is not at that all NBA level where the defense where you're fine with it, right? It's okay, he's scoring mm-hmm. us, he's giving us 26 points a night, so who cares? Yeah. Well, that ain't that ain't happening, right? So and look, here's the thing about the Knicks right now. They're struggling on that end of the floor on de- defensively. And, you know, I'm wondering uh, how much do we jump the gun on last year's season thinking that they've righted the ship and everything's all good? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, what I'm going to watch for of the Knicks, and I, and I told our producer, Dexter, was producing for us today, I'm going to watch R.J. Barrett for about 10 games because that is the key. He was your number three draft pick, and he has to start playing like an all-star. He ain't yeah. doing that. He's just not. And he hasn't been. He just no. doesn't. And if the Knicks are going to be the realization of what they want to be, they need him to be what they think he's going to be. I think Julius Randle is what he is, right? I think you're, you kind of see – you saw that last year. That's the best version of Julius Randle. I think you're going to get much better than that. And that's fine, but RJ's got to be considerably better. And we'll see. Uh, but right now, look, the Knicks are struggling. And Kemba's handling it like a, handling it like a pro because he's he a professional. Um, but 11 and 12, losers of three straight. Again, defensively, they are struggling right now. So, you know, I just think it's bad time for the Knicks right now. Oh, all my teams. What is going on? Eh, Out in these streets. It happens. It happens. Oh, <laughs> the association is so damn long. It just hurts forever. <laughs> Literally, it's fine. We'll we'll recoup, guys. We'll be back next week. You know what's up. Every single Tuesday, find us here on our new home at the Props Network. Yes, shout out, shout out to the Props Network for Kyle and all the guys there. Sam, we're so happy to be a part of this 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 platform with our good friends over at the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast. Shout out to uh, our guy Dex who jumped at the last minute to help produce because we had some technical difficulties. but thank folks, you, thank you. you know where to find us. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, SoundCloud, all that. Make sure you're following the Props Network at Simpleters Pod on Twitter, at Simpleters Podcast on Instagram, at JS Hector, at Gentleman Selly. Until next time, peace. Spent a couple years out here with these raps Trying to have a plan that we may come true Plotted some jobs but I ain't hit back I don't want to trap, what's a man gonna do? Chevy told me come through to the spot Got a little kickback, bring the whole crew Right around 10 came dressed in the nines You already know what we really finna do When we pull up on the scene, pull up on the scene Pull up on the scene, yeah we pull up on the scene See my life is a movie